Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Jacob Rees-Mogg. But I'm not getting washed in the bath by Nanny. I love listening to the parody of Boris Johnson podcast. Oh, no, no, not so rough. Giddy Art Comedy. Okay, uh, here we go. <clears throat> Welcome back to my basement for another roundup of the week's political news. And what an exciting seven days it's been. Ah, it's not every week I get to go on holiday to Cornwall. It would have been lovely too if I hadn't been sharing a hotel with some really bad-tempered foreigners who kept scowling at me. Yes, this week's podcast is mainly about my hosting of the G7 Summit and how that intertwined with Brexit and the Sausage Wars. Although, I might also just mention that a little side issue uh, the exponential spread of a deadly pandemic. But before all that, uh, Dominic Cummings has just surfaced again, uh, producing some of the, uh, the evidence he promised to back up his claims. Uh, this includes a WhatsApp message uh, from uh, me to him, calling Matt Hancock totally fucking hopeless. I'm sorry about it, but this is neither earth-shattering nor even news. I mean, uh, of course he's totally fucking hopeless. I don't think there's a single person in the country who doesn't know that now. And, and, and naturally, I have known that for a long time. I, uh, that doesn't change how, uh, how perfect he's going to be as a full guy when the time's right. Just be patient. It won't be long. Now, uh, back to the serious business. Uh, as host of the G7 Summit... Uh, this was my uh, big moment on the world stage, my, my chance to uh, launch the Global Britain brand, uh, to step into the spotlight as a great statesman leader in the tradition of my hero, Winston Churchill. Uh, my message for the summit was simple. Britain is back and taking centre stage as a great global leader. Uh, as it turns out, there were, there, there were a few details I hadn't, uh, hadn't really thought through, uh, apparently just saying that you're a global player on the international stage isn't enough on its own. Uh, you, you can't be a global leader without interacting with, uh, with, uh, with uh, other countries. And, and it would seem that other countries only want to deal with, uh, with governments they trust and respect, uh, and which they know will act with integrity. Slight fly uh, in the ointment seems to be that if you spend five years uh, insulting other countries, telling their citizens to sod off back home, breaking all your promises, and not, and not giving a shit about the rule of the law, uh, other countries don't seem to want anything to do with you. Who could have guessed that? Uh, if there's one thing I've achieved during my time as Prime Minister, it's uh, pissing away Britain's hard-won reputation for honesty and integrity. And the main thing the most other world leaders would say about me is that they wouldn't trust me as far as they can throw me. 
Of course, uh, we can call ourselves Global Britain or Brexit Britain or anything else we choose to. Uh, but it will all just be a game. It will be a game that we play on our own uh, in the corner with uh, with imaginary friends while everyone else has fun in the playground. So, 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 so very much like my childhood, really. So what was actually achieved at the G7 summit? Well, well, one of the big themes I wanted to lead on was uh, the need to tackle the climate crisis. Climate change is the greatest challenge of our time, according to Carrie. Uh, so, so I have to pretend to care about it. I, uh, if I need to uh, stop a polar bear getting its feet wet in order to get my end away, then so be it. So I got off to a uh, terrific start by, by tweeting about building back greener with a nice photo of me posing triumphantly as I stepped off the jet I took from London to Cornwall. So, 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 so far so good, I thought, uh, until the entire world pointed out how very ungreen I was to fly to Cornwall from London. So, so I managed to, to put my foot in my mouth before I even put it on the ground. But, but I wasn't going to let that deter me. The first thing on the agenda was my favourite pastime, photo opportunities. Cue loads of photos of Carrie and me strolling around the beach with Joe and Jill Biden. Most of which look like the holiday snaps of two grandparents out for a walk with their daughter and her unruly toddler. Uh, speaking of her unruly toddlers, I, I think the absence of Donald Trump made everyone much more relaxed to start with. So, so the only toddler in residence was my son Wilfred. Although he is, uh, of course, much more mature and sensible than Donald Trump. Uh, but we can finally get down to the serious issue of climate change. Uh, we agreed to have a good think about it over, over a nice steak barbecue while watching a load of jet planes perform acrobatics overhead. In the end, we agreed on a few things. Uh, we committed to making a commitment, and we drew up a plan to make a plan. Uh, in, in short, we repeated all the promises we had already made without specifying any firm commitments. Uh, we, we agreed the need to end coal-powered energy, but made no plans for how this might happen. We agreed to phase out fossil-fuel-powered vehicles, but gave no date for doing this. So, all in all, a lot of talk and absolutely no action, just like one of my cabinet meetings. Hello, Englishers. It's me, the Donald. Remember me? I love listening to the parody Boris Johnson podcast. No fake news, just facts from my good friend Boris. Boris Trump, that's what they call him. Uh, unfortunately, there was a huge sausage-shaped shadow hanging over the whole summit. No, it wasn't because my flies were undone. It was the dispute about Brexit and the Northern Ireland Protocol, the so-called sausage wars. As I'm sure you're aware, the problem is about what happens when the post-Brexit trade deal arrangements are fully implemented. Uh, despite the fact that Brexit is already pretty damn shit, uh, the full regulations on checks for chilled meats and lots of other goods aren't even being enforced yet. So uh, there, there's currently a, a grace period in place, which I will end on the 1st of October. So this is uh, essentially uh, an argument about uh, the Brexit deal, the deal that I personally signed and which I trumpeted loudly as being an absolutely fantastic deal and famously oven ready. And the deal was fantastic. Uh, it did its job perfectly because its job was to win me an election. The deal was a thing of beauty when, when it was an abstract concept and could be anything I wanted it to be. Uh, indeed, it could be all things I needed it to be, uh, including many uh, contradictory, uh, mutually exclusive things 
at the same time. I mean, all I had to do was deny that there would be any checks on goods going in or out of Northern Ireland, and that would magically become a fact. No explanation necessary, just me confidently telling everyone not to worry because I had got it sorted. Of course, we knew this moment would come. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe the ERG thickos didn't know, but, but, but I did. And uh, unfortunately for me, Channel 4's Gary Gibbon knew that I knew too. Uh, here he is, uh, collaring me during the summit. Lots of people say, people who you were in the last government under Theresa May with, people who were part of the negotiations, and all the EU, leader, EU leaders say, all these consequences of the deal you signed were absolutely laid out, very clearly, black and white, repeated again and again, over years. And they wonder whether you secretly intended to rip this thing up no. all the time. Obviously, I, I, I just gave Gary the usual uh, bullshit waffle answer. But yes, I knew the point would come when we had to implement phase two of the plan, which is to blame the EU. By this point, all the Brexit suckers have totally bought into the brilliant Brexit deal, so, so there's no way anyone is going to admit that it's a load of old cobblers that can never ever work. So it is only the tiniest of steps to say the EU are being deliberately awkward and not implementing our fantastic deal properly. So, uh, the official line now is that the EU are being unreasonable and we need to be more pragmatic and flexible. By which we mean that uh, they have to ignore what the actual deal that we signed says and agree to something completely different uh, that we would have liked to have signed. And our criticism of the EU is that they are being too purist about how the treaty is interpreted. In other words, they want to actually stick with what it says in the treaty, which is bonkers. I mean, I'm making promises and agreements and then doing what you agree. I mean, I, how is anyone, anyone supposed to run a, a country like that? I mean, so, so how do I get out of this mess? Well, I could do what I promised to do and implement the, uh, the protocol as per the agreement. That would inflame the Ulster Unionists right in the lead up to uh, the marching season or the uh, opening up old wounds and rubbing salt into them season, as everyone else thinks of it. Or we could uh, uh, extend uh, the grace period, whether the EU like it or not, triggering much EU anger, legal action, and so forth. Or we could do what I've been threatening to do and trigger Article 16, pretend this is all the fault of the EU, and start a full-blown trade war. I think the best course of action in this situation is uh, quite clear. I'll pull off making a decision until it's too late, causing total chaos. Well, hello, it's me, real-life Victorian and human stick insect, Jacob Rees-Mogg. I wanted to take a moment to tell you about Patreon. It's very similar to being a Tory donor. For example, if you donate five million quid to the Conservative Party, you get a seat in the House of Lords and a go on Jennifer Curie. Excellent value for money. Patreon is a way of supporting independent podcasts, such as this one, for as little as £3 a month. You can get bonus bits, exclusive content, episode shoutouts, early access, and much more. If this tickles your pickle, simply Google Parody Boris Johnson Patreon, or click the link in the show notes of the episode. Welcome to our new Patreons, Andrew Woodall, Zoe Smith, Jonathan Williams, Simon Roberts, Alistair McCreeth, Band Jackson, Diana, Louisa Dora, Milton Yates. And a particular big thank you to our two flagshagger patrons, John Platt and Jason Pritchard. So be a good Tory donor and support this podcast, or I'll send my nanny round to whip you.
Ta-ta for now. I had thought my new best mate Joe Biden would be on my side, but it turns out he's a foreigner too. I tried soft-soaping him about it, but he, but he said I had to uh, get it sorted, and if I threatened the peace process, he'd bust my ass. As if that wasn't bad enough, I, I then had to face the EU Mafia. On, our, on the Saturday of the summit, I had uh, three one-to-one meetings with Emmanuel Macron, then Angela Merkel, then, uh, then the presidents of the European Commission and European Council. Tough crowd, I thought. Uh, so, uh, so, so I put in my chief negotiator, David Frost, for moral support. But him sitting there, uh, flashing his union jack socks, didn't, didn't seem to help smooth things over. And I, I suppose the fact that he's a, an arrogant, thick, antagonistic asshole probably didn't do us any favours either. Uh, I, I saw how uh, serious the situation was when Angela Merkel refused my elbow bump gesture, so I thought it's time to bring out the big guns. I knew it would take some serious diplomatic manoeuvring to pull this one back, so I decided to show her my elephant impersonation trick, where I turn out one of my trouser pockets for it. But just as I was about to lob out my trunk, Angela shouted, NINE! To which I replied, Not a bad guess, Angela, but it's actually 15 inches! What? Long story short, uh, it was all a bit tetchy, and, and they gave me a, a good ticking off and basically said, uh, uh, We have an agreement, and all they want is for it to be implemented. Uh, unreasonable bastards! But at least I had the opportunity to make my opening speech, to have the cameras of the world focus on me, uh, the chance to see anything I want without interruption, uh, to establish myself as one of the world's great orators. I think that is what uh, the people of, the, uh, of our countries now want us to, to focus on. They want us to be sure that we're beating the pandemic together and discussing how we'll never have a repeat of what we've seen, but also that we're building back better together and, and building back greener and building back fairer and building back more equal and... Uh, how shall I, more, in, in, in a more gender neutral and perhaps like a more feminine way. How about that, apart from anything else? I did my best uh, to look sincere, but, but, but I couldn't help smirking at myself. I, 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 don't ask me what I meant by building back in a more gender neutral and feminine way. I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I just panicked. I, I had actually uh, prepared a speech, so I, I just thought I'd, I'd busk it. Uh, it's never worked before, but, but there's always a first time for everything. Uh, aware of the eyes of the world upon me, I came up with, uh, with a string of phrases that sounded contemporary and trendy, threw them all up in the air and watched in panic as they splattered down back to earth in a messy heap. It was still probably an improvement on when I take the time to think about what I'm going to say, such, such as when I'm writing a uh, newspaper article. I mean, if I'd done it like that, I, 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 I'd no doubt have been talking about building back in a more tank-topped, bum-boys, hot, totty dresses, a letterbox sort of way. folks and welcome to Nigel Farage's Guide to Euro 2020. Except we can't call it that because I don't believe in the EU or Europe or anything European. Now, apart from my German wife who won't mention her. So for the next couple of weeks I'll be giving you my thoughts in Nigel Farage's Guide to Soccer Football Between the Island of Great Britain and its neighbouring continent. Okay first up let's discuss the most important country in the world. England! Walker, Phillips. That's better from England. Still Phillips feeding Sterling. Sterling! 
It was a sterling effort from Raheem Sterling, which is a pun because his name is Sterling, as good old England beat Yugoslavia in front of a home crowd of 20,000 topless, toothless, bald patriots. Fantastic day all round, apart from the BBBC, the bloody biased broadcast corporation, who put a great shadow on the game at Wembley. Probably another Black Lives Matter thing. And to make it worse, the goal and the assist were scored by two footballers who aren't white. I mean, come on! I suppose I'll accept it as long as they do well. But if they stop being brilliant for just one moment, we should send them right back to where they came from, uh, which for Raheem Sterling is about a mile down the road at Wembley. Nigel Farage's guide to soccer football between the island of Great Britain and its neighbouring continent. In a very exciting game, the Dutch Republic scraped past the Ukrainian Socialist Soviet Republic 3 2. Sends it across and freeze with the header! And finally, Denzel Dumfries! Well, that's what you get for being a socialist. You get beaten! That's what I'd like to do with all the socialists and the Marxists in this country. Beat them with sticks that have the word capitalism written on it in fountain pen. I was beaten from the ages of 8 to 18. And didn't do me any harm, folks. Nigel Farage's guide to soccer football between the island of Great Britain and its neighbouring continent. There was a fantastic result on Monday when Czechoslovakia thrashed the marauding ginger-haired barbarians from across the border. One of the most amazing moments came when Stieg lobbed the goalkeeper from the halfway line. Incredible! The Czech Republic on the break and Patrick Sheik has scored again. I haven't seen a lob like that since my public speaking tour of America when someone threw an egg right at my face. Which was a bit ironic because I was only playing to an audience of three, so I already had egg on my face, folks. So, hopefully, that'll put an end to any whinging about Scottish independence and the idea of the field talk down to from Westminster. Sit down, Scotland, enjoy your porridge like a good little country. Okay? Nigel Farage's guide to soccer football between the island of Great Britain and its neighbouring continent. And finally, uh, I can't comment on Wales's game with Switzerland. My lawyers told me that because a lot of my wealth is offshore in Swiss banks, uh, I shouldn't really draw attention to it. Plus, uh, it was a one-all draw, which is a bit boring. So, that's it. Thanks for listening to Nigel Farage's guide to the soccer football between the island of Great Britain and its neighbouring continent. Tune in next week, where England will hopefully continue their winning streak. Little tip from the organisers, though. Uh, the half-time slot will be brightened up no end by a little black and white minstrel show and possibly a gladiator tournament using freshly caught illegal immigrants. Just an idea. I'll leave it with you. Bye. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Well, the big news this week was uh, the uh, continuing spread of the Delta variant and my subsequent decision to delay the relaxation of lockdown rules until the 19th of July. While I'm as reluctant as anyone else to put off Freedom Day, we are fortunate indeed that the scientific advice coincides perfectly with what I'm naturally good at, putting things off and delaying. If this situation had required a uh, quick decision on a new course of action, I'm afraid we would all be bugger because that's just not my back. But, but, but if you say to me, what the country needs most right now is for you to do nothing for just a bit longer, then that's right up my alley. Not doing anything for a bit longer is, is exactly what I've been practicing for the last year and a half. And in all humility, I must say, I'm getting pretty good at it. I mean, uh, tell me I need to lock down urgently or close the borders. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to disappoint you. Uh, decisions like that need working up to. And the best way to get in the mood for decision making is to do nothing for a few more weeks. But to be fair, there is no doubt that this is the right decision to make. The R rate is the highest since January. Daily cases are the highest since February. The variant is 60% more transmissible and the vaccine only provides 33% protection after one dose. So yes, of course we can't relax the rules. But the most important thing to remember about this is that it's just one of those things. It's just something unavoidable that nobody could have prevented. Simply a spot of bad luck. The roll of the dice. I, I, it could have happened to anyone. Well, I, I, it could have happened. Uh, it could have happened to anyone who heard there was a deadly variant spreading through India, but but, but didn't stop people travelling from the UK for three weeks because he fancied a trip there himself to sort out a trade deal. But but it's uh, best not best not to mention that. Uh, at my press briefing on Monday, there was there was a chart showing the number of Kent variants uh, trailing away to almost nothing, while the Delta variant spread exponentially. Though so the Delta variant hadn't been allowed in, and we only had the homegrown one to worry about, we would be well on our way to getting rid of social distancing by now. But, uh, oh, that would be boring and predictable. I mean, nobody wants that. We want chaos and excitement, right? And at this point, I'm going to imagine you all cheering enthusiastically in support. And finally, I couldn't sign off without uh, mentioning uh, the launch of GB News. Good evening. I'm Andrew Neal, and this is GB News. The uh, much-anticipated launch was every bit as spectacular as you'd expect. Andrew Neal stared into the camera from what looked like a corrugated iron shed. The picture quality suggested that the camera lens had been uh, hastily cleaned using Mr Neal's hairpiece and a, uh, a thimble full of his own jeers. Uh, in his opening monologue, Andrew Neal proudly boasted that they would not peddle misinformation or conspiracy theories. Then uh, Dan, Dan Wooten came on and started talking bollocks about lockdowns not working. Great start, Andrew! In the following days, lots of advertisers started up withdrawing from the channel, having been surprised by the fact that a channel set up by bigoted right-wing nutters was going to pump out bigoted right-wing bollocks. 
Uh, Speaker of the House Commons, Lindsay Hoyle, came to the boil on Monday. Uh, he lost his rag with me for making public announcements on TV about the roadmap without consulting MPs first. I think he's just trying to prove he's not my lapdog after he saved my cut to the foreign aid budget by not allowing MPs to vote on it. I just have to, uh, to remind him that, that, uh, that mine is a populist government, so, so of course I will always prefer reciting slogans on TV to facing awkward questions in Parliament. But, but oily hoily isn't all bad. I mean, I, he's, he's agreed to let me use the House of Commons for my plebs PMQs in the future, and he's going to act as the speaker for it. So, so look out for all that uh, new format for plebs PMQs on Monday. Uh, and you can now use a website called SpeakPipe to read out your questions. Uh, some of you have already done this, so, so, so you will hear yourself in the House of Commons asking me questions. Uh, check my Twitter feed for the link to do this. It's, uh, it's really very simple. Uh, so, uh, this podcast actually requires a lot of work by a team of people who don't get paid to do it. Now, as a Tory, I obviously don't understand why anyone would get out of bed for anything less than 20 grand, but I hope that you do. So your support through Patreon really is important. And if you are listening on Apple, it would be absolutely fantastic if you could take a moment to uh, rate this podcast and write a short review. Otherwise, you won't know what you think. You can catch up on past episodes of the podcast and all previous Plebs PMQs wherever you're listening to this. And as I'm sure you know by now, the best way to make sure you never miss an episode is to subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening, and until next time... Goodbye. Uh, how shall I? More, in, in, in a more gender-neutral and perhaps like a more feminine way. How about that? Giddy Art Comedy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.